people treat estimates uh, like estimates and guesses in the beginning, and then when it comes time to do the actual project, they think that the estimates are non-negotiable, and you know somehow if they don't perform or they don't get the velocity done what they what they thought it was in the estimation process, now that they've talked to the customer, they feel like they're going to be you know chastised for that. I, I think that's pretty fascinating. Have you ever felt tempted to pad time or cost estimations for a project you'll be involved with? In this episode of Integrum's Scrumcast, Derek Neighbors interviews our very own Clayton Lengel-Zigich about how agile estimation addresses the fears of both management and developers. So today I have with me Clayton from Integrum. And so Clayton, I just wanted to talk to you a little bit about some of the uh, blog posts you've been in lately. I saw that you did a post on estimation and some of the lies we tell ourselves about estimation. Why don't you give me some of your thoughts on estimating? What, what, make, what do you think makes est- estimating difficult for developers? Uh, so I think there's a lot of competing roles that go into estimating. So I think traditionally a lot of people have experience with estimations where there's someone like a project manager or someone like that, like a manager of some sort, and they have certain goals about estimations uh, or maybe even a salesperson where it seems like they want to try and get a low estimation or at least people get that impression, developers get that impression. And then developers have kind of a competing interest where they they want their estimations to be padded so that when comes time to do the project, they're not having to you know work extra hard to get things done super fast. Uh, they think that the estimations need to be be uh, kind of broad and and let's give myself lots of extra room so that uh, you know I I know that this problem is going to take a really long time so I'm going to pad this estimation and uh, you know give myself extra time to get it done so you have these two competing interests and and I think they come together and kind of clash uh, and so with that uh, I think developers developers and you know maybe manager or salesperson or project manager kind of thing uh, they have these competing interests uh, and I think the developers try and win out but usually they just kind of tell themselves these lies uh, to try and to try and win that side of the argument and it doesn't ever seem to work out. So, so I definitely think that in most organizations, estimation is used in a negative light. And so there definitely are competing interests in that the person with the money wants the budget to be as low as humanly possible and the person doing the work wants to make sure that they've got a commitment that they can drive to. Uh, one of the things that, that I, I like about agile estimation and planning done right is that each phase of the estimation is kind of done in isolation of the other phases. So you can go in and you can estimate a difficulty on something, but it doesn't have a time value to it. And so even if a a developer decides they want to pad something, in truth, it's not until you determine your velocity that you're really putting something in place that, that lets you know what your numbers are. And so I think if you're able to do some of those things in, in, in isolation, it kind of shields the ability for de- developers to pad and for project managers or planners to be able to dictate the, the length or the cost of a project. I find it interesting that people still have knee-jerk reactions. And one of the things I see a lot is I'll see a developer who will be involved in the estimation process and be completely happy with what they see the estimations be on a story-by-story basis. And I'll see them be part of the velocity determination going into a project where they, you know, get an estimated velocity and they seem fairly happy with the estimated velocity. And then a couple of weeks go by and, and they are assigned to a team. And the first thing they do is freak out that the velocity is is not fair and all the estimates are wrong, even though they were part of that entire process. Why do you think that some developers fall into that trap? 
Uh, so I think part of it is that people do the estimations, well, so they have a different mindset. When they're doing the estimations, they treat them like their estimations, right? This is a, a guess. This is kind of my best guess. Uh, and so they treat it like they're supposed to, for the most part, when they're doing the estimations. And they're part of a group, uh, you know, usually you know, doing estimates of more than one person. And so when they're doing that, I think they get kind of comfortable and they think, okay, well, you know, I think this is you know, the three complexity, and so does this other guy. So, okay, I'm confident with that. And then maybe they do the velocity, and, and maybe they're talking afterwards, and they say, oh, well, you know, my estimate was, you know, I think uh, 20 points this uh, for, you know, an iteration or something. And the other guy says, yeah, you know, I was 23. <clears throat> so when they do that, I think they're very, very comfortable, and it doesn't really mean much to them because it's just an estimate, and they treat it that way. And then when it comes time to do the project, I think they threw all that out the window, and now it's like they're committed to this, and, you know, they're, they're sticking their neck out, or they feel that way at least, and they feel that if they don't do it, it's kind of reflects poorly on them or their job performance or even their ability to estimate. Uh, and that's something I find very interesting that people treat estimates uh, like estimates and guesses um, in the beginning. And then when it comes time to do the actual project, they think that the estimates are non-negotiable. And, you know, it's somehow if they don't perform or they don't get the velocity done, what they what they thought it was in the estimation process, now that they've talked to the customer, they feel like they're going to be, you know, chastised for that. Uh, I think that's pretty fascinating. So I, I'm curious what do you think it is in people that makes makes them have that change where when, you know, I think one of the, the beauties is in doing each of the pieces in isolation, you really you really don't think of it necessarily as a commitment. You're, you're really being true to it being an estimate. And when that, that project goes live and the, the switch is flipped, so to speak, there definitely is kind of that, that panic, that reality moment. Why do you think or how do you think developers can overcome that initial sprints panic moment looking at a velocity and not letting it paralyze them and instead, you know, let them really gauge a, a, an accurate velocity for the project going forward. Uh, so I think that a lot of that just comes down to when the, the project starts or maybe they have the initial planning meeting with their customer. Uh, they just need to be realistic about what everyone's expectations are. Uh, I feel like it's kind of like, you know, maybe if you're a little kid and you get in trouble or something or you do something wrong and you're kind of waiting for your parents to come home and you're like freaking out about how terrible it's going to be and you make such a huge deal out of it. When in reality, you know, when it gets to it, uh, as long as you're kind of honest about it, it, it never is as uh, big of a deal as you thought. So same thing with the projects. They start out and I think everyone kind of panics and they get paralyzed. But then when you have that conversation and you talk about expectations and, and then you realize, hey, you know what? The estimate of velocity was this. But now that we've had this conversation and we've talked about it for a little bit, I can see that some of these stories are more complex or at least the scale of complexity is a little bit different. So we're going to need to have a conversation about how that affects the velocity in the project, et cetera, et cetera. And I think people don't ever get to that point. The developers typically get to the point of paralysis and then they kind of start making excuses and they, you know, they forget all about the fact that they estimated these stories and they were happy with the estimates. And now it's it's kind of like a oh god you know I'm on the line for this I better do something about it I don't know what I'm going to do it's not my fault you know the estimates are bad and, and I think there's just excuses start coming at that point. So I, I find it interesting and in that you, usually at least here at Integrum when we're, when we're estimating we we talk about simplest solution possible and when we do our story workshops and we work with customers we kind of state that going into it unless they specifically add weight to the story that would indicate that it was more more deep than simplest solution possible. 
And I see a lot of times what happens is when the first planning meeting comes around and, and acceptance criteria start to be collected, the stories quickly balloon out of simplest solution possible. And I think that that's where some of that fear sets in. And I'm, I'm reminded, I believe it's a bank that has the commercials where a person from the bank goes to the first kid and says, you know, do you want a, a dump truck or whatever? And they bring them a little toy piece of crap dump truck and they go to the second kid and they give them the, the real dump truck. Right. And, and the first kid's kind of like, you know, what the hell? I, I just got screwed. You didn't tell me I could have a real dump truck. Yeah. And, and I think that sometimes, you know, we, we look at those commercials and we laugh because it's so hilarious, the disparity between the first item that the child was given and the second one and how there was an extreme bait and switch. And I think that a lot of time developers fall into that bait and switch and that the customer up front says, um, I'm totally okay with, you know, the little Tyco dump truck. And when they come into the first planning meeting, you know, they say, oh, no, 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 I, you know, I, I'm getting a Cummings diesel dump truck this is you know I'm, I'm not okay with the Tyco dump truck and how do you propose that developers can better negotiate those situations with with a customer yes yeah, so I think part of that or maybe the biggest part is just confidence um, and being assertive so I think a, a lot of developers feel or at least they're treated maybe in their organization or they just have a, an opinion lower opinion of themselves and they feel that their job is to kind of you know satisfy someone else's desires in terms of okay you tell me to do this and I'm just going to do it uh, so there's a great blog post by uh, Uncle Bob Martin about kind of a professional versus a laborer. And they were saying he, he was saying that if you went to a doctor and you said, hey, doc, my arm hurts, cut it off, uh, a laborer would just say, okay, sure. Uh, but a doctor would say, hey, I'm a professional. That's not what I do. I'm going to do the professional thing. And so I think a lot of people, uh, developers, will get into the habit of that first planning meeting when maybe the estimate was the simplest possible solution. Now the, the customer is going on this tangent about what they want. They don't have uh, the confidence to assert, uh, to make themselves kind of stand out and say, hey, look, I know that's what you want, but let's talk about the trade-offs. Let's talk about how that impacts the rest of the project. If you really do want this whiz-bang gold-plated feature, then you're going to have to have these trade-offs. And I don't think that the developers do a good job of expressing that. And the clients certainly don't understand to some degree that if they do have all these things, I guess everyone understands that there's trade-offs, but no one really talks about them until the very end or until it's too late at least. So I think in terms of how do you kind of become more assertive and things like that, I think you just need to go into the planning meeting with the understanding that you are the you know technical expert at the very least, and you just need to make sure that the customer understands that you have their best interests in mind. You want to look at what's best for them so that whatever trade-offs they decide to make, and if they do really do want this certain feature, that they are going to understand the full impact of that uh, and that you know how that's going to impact the project. I, I definitely agree that I think that a large part of doing Agile well is confidence. And I, I think that one of the biggest mistakes teams make is they look at Agile as being this really simple thing. Because on the surface, it seems really, really simple. There's not a whole lot of rules. There's not a whole lot of, you know, kind of, on, on the surface, there's not a lot of structure per se. But underneath the principles are a lot of subtleties. And the difference between knowing those subtleties and not knowing those subtleties is a difference between success and failure. And I think when you don't know the subtleties, but you think you know what you're doing, you don't have confidence. When you know the subtleties, it's very easy to be confident in, in your discussions with product owners, project managers, with other developers. And, you know, I, I really think that makes a huge difference. And I love the Bob Martin uh, analogy. And, you know, I kind of think in my mind here, you know, the difference between a professional and an amateur is confidence. And obviously, that's not, you know, wholly true, but I, I think there's some truth to it. So thanks for uh, joining us today. And uh, we look to have you on in the future. Yeah, great. Thanks.